Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. I'm back. I know you can't get enough of me. I, I don't know why you keep saying you're back. You never leave. Well, that's true, too. Why I don't do think I you've ever that? missed a show. You're like me. We're always here. <laughs> it's, it's those other two we have to worry about. Well, that's okay. Well, speaking of which, yeah, we don't have uh, no Liz and no Steve today. They are they're they're out. They're out doing stuff. They're busy. Indeed. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm kind of looking forward to this episode for sure. Yeah, actually, me too. I'm really excited about uh, talking about this because we've been we've been talking about this particular topic. Well, not this particular topic, but as a sort of an offshoot topic for a while, we've been wanting to talk about a certain topic, uh, and now we get to sort of do it. So why don't we, without further ado, Ryan, why don't you just go ahead and tell people what the heck we are doing today and what we're so excited about? Sure. So I'm very thankful that they've reached back out to us and agreed to come on this week's episode we have joining us from be my eyes the ceo mike buckley thanks for joining us mike thank you very much ryan although i have to admit i am already intimidated by the resonance and depth of your voice so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna need i'm I'm, I'm gonna need a new microphone or something like a new voice or something like that so i'm on a mission to find the perfect microphone and it's just never ending as a musician i'm sure you can understand i the search for tone is never ending (laughs) that's right well listen uh, that gives me an idea ryan maybe you should launch an app called be my voice and you can just uh find my voice yeah people people can can call Call in and get you to, you know, give birthday greetings and stuff for people. There you go. We'll work Perfect. on that. Well, we do want to thank you for coming on. We um, we, we have a few things to talk about, um, but before we sort of take a, a bit of a deep dive into into Be My Eyes um, and some of the features that you guys are going to be rolling out soon, why don't you, can you just give maybe the audience just for anybody who's like lived under a rock for. Um, you know, the past five years and don't know anything about, about Be My Eyes. Can you just sort of give us a brief overview of, of the app and how it works and what it does? Awesome. It was launched in 2015 by a Danish furniture craftsman who is losing his sight and got frustrated with having to call family and friends all the time. So he launched a free app into the world where a person who's blind or low vision for free would get connected with a sighted volunteer. And literally in the first 48 hours of its launch, uh, there were there was some press attention. And in 48 hours, 10,000 people were using the app. And fast forward to today, uh, there are nearly a half a million people who are blind and low vision on the service and an astonishing 6.3 million sighted volunteers, which I think is the largest um, digital volunteer army in the history of the planet. Um, And I'm just going to keep saying it until somebody tells me that's not true, because I think (laughs) it is true. Um, But it's really cool also because it it operates, the service operates in 150 countries and 180 languages. We have a 90% successful call resolution rate. And um, the thing that makes me proud to work with our founder, Hans, and our team is, you know, he he just, he brought this, this very simple and beautiful thing into the world that was the merging of technology and human kindness to solve a whole host of accessibility challenges. And it's just, it's, um, it's a, it's an absolute privilege and a, a, 
and an honor to work with him and a responsibility I take very, very seriously. And so I quickly want to ask, how did you get involved with BMAS? Because you came from San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind, did you not? Um, I, I did not, although I had some connection with them. Okay. Uh, but one of our board members, Brian Bashan, is uh, on the San Francisco Lighthouse from the Blind. Um, I've worked in technology for a couple of decades out here, and um, I've invested in a number of companies. And through some of that investment activity, uh, I was introduced to Be My Eyes because I had invested in a number of other Danish startups. And I just, I thought the service was amazing. And so in 2018, I joined the board and I, and I, uh, and I, uh, and I invested in the business because there was this beginning traction of a real <laughs> business model, right? Where um, Be My Eyes was charging uh, large companies um, to improve their accessibility efforts, primarily in their customer service contact centers. And so I got involved as a board member about five years ago. And so that's how the app is able to maintain its free status is with these partnerships with other companies? Exactly. So Microsoft, Google, Procter & Gamble, Sony, Barilla, they pay us a, a yearly fee recurring, um, and we deploy some basic technology into their customer service center that through our app and one push of a button or one voice command, uh, you get connected with their customer service center, but on a video call, which enables much better customer service. And so we have a 90, over 90% uh, satisfaction rate on those calls as well. And what's interesting is that the customer service agents, they're, you know, these are their favorite calls of the day, <laughs> right? So uh, it's, it's, just, it's kind of a win-win all around. Yeah, there's definitely been some interesting stories of, you know, there was one I recently heard you on a podcast where a woman was, I think, going to be doing some baking and the volunteer who had answered the call said, you know, you want me to just hang out for a little while? And they just started a social chat for like 20 minutes. So it's very cool. It's an amazing thing, Ryan. Like, like you, you talk to the volunteers and they talk about that call as their, the best day of their week, right? And, and most of them are just three minutes, right? Like solving a quick problem, finding the green sweater. Is the milk expired? Am I at the right gate in the airport? Um, um, but again, it's, it's, it's um, the, the volunteers love it and the calls are successful. And so uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's humbling. It's, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm just proud to be associated with it. Absolutely. Well, and it's really interesting too, because, you know, you know, at the beginning of all of this, I mean, I'm sure that nobody could have really predicted that it would end up like that. It, it's really that sort of that human element that's, that's the X factor in all this. I mean, the tech can work like as the tech, smartphones are smartphones. It's really, it's that, it's that human interaction and sort of the power of, of sort of human connection that's, that's really making, I think, the, the app and the experience really kind of special. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you haven't signed up, please do, either as a volunteer or as a user, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I think you're right, Rob. Um, you know, I, I, I took a call where um, uh, in December where I, uh, I read a woman her holiday cards and just described the pictures on it. And it was it was awesome. Like it was better than my own Christmas, right? I mean, it's just uh, no, no offense to my family if you're listening to this. I apologize, but um, <laughs> but it was it was you know it was moving, right, and fun at the same time. So I, I think you're right. Okay, well, that's a good segue to get into what we we brought you on to talk about, which is in particular the 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 part of the app that you are currently working on. That it sounds like it's it's pretty far down the road. Um, which is the virtual assistant. 
um, that is going to be using um, AI technology from ChatGPT, I believe, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and so it's, you're, you're going to kind of roll that into the app. So can you sort of explain a little bit about the virtual assistant and, and how it's going to work? Yeah, so this is, we're calling it virtual volunteer. And it is the first ever kind of visual digital assistant powered by uh, OpenAI technology with Be My Eyes uh, involvement as well. Um, and what it allows a person to do is take a picture of just about anything and within a matter of a couple of seconds, get a vivid and uh, uh, depth, depth specific description of what's in the picture. So this isn't like the applications that are out there right now where hey, this recognizes that this is a cup, or hey, this recognizes you know the words that are a piece of text. The image recognition is just so far superior um, that it's hard to describe unless you use it. And by the way, we, we need to make sure we get you involved in the uh, in the beta testers group. So the first thing is really this, this unbelievably superior image recognition. The second issue is there's this analytical and contextual layer that makes it more useful. The technology adds context and nuance. So it doesn't just tell you it's a dog, it can tell you the breed of the dog and if the dog is sleeping or looks comfortable or is on a bed, it can tell you the brand and color of the sunglasses. Um, it can describe details of clothing and, and or details of consumer products or the food in your refrigerator. And after it tells you what food is in your refrigerator, it can tell you based on that, what meal you could make tonight based on the ingredients that you have in your fridge. And then there's this conversational element where you can probe and ask more questions and say, you know, oh, do you have a recipe for, you know, uh, uh, chicken cacciatore or whatever it is, and it, and it will give you a recipe. And so um, this contextual and conversational layer just is kind of a leaps and bounds ahead of uh, the assistive technology that's on the market right now. Um, and, 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 Look, I'm, 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 I've said this a bunch of times. I'm really wary about the artificial intelligence hype cycle right now. <laughs> and I'm really wary about overpromising. But if you talk to the beta testers who are using this product, they're using phrases like life-changing. They're using phrases like, I have my independence back. They're using, they're saying things like, this is profound. I will use this every day. And so um, there's something real here. Now we have to perfect it and we have to make sure it's it's a continually fantastic experience and it's easy to use and it's safe. Um, but I, I, I am incredibly optimistic about the power of this technology and the power it will give back to our community. Well, it is really interesting because, you know, we've we've sort of been, you know, had a, everybody it really has had a ringside seat in terms of, you know, hearing about chat GPT. And it, I have to kind of remind myself that really we, the first time we, we actually really heard about chat GPT um, in the mainstream sort of news cycle. I mean, what, it's been what, two or three months. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, you know, and so now we hear AI, AI everywhere. And, you know, my initial reaction when I started to hear about chat GPT and, and AI in general was okay. Well, how is this going to benefit assistive technology? Because there's got to be some huge uh, ramifications about this technology. You know, right now we're just hearing about it, like you know, about college students writing their essays about it, and and it it being able to generate sort of dynamic art and stuff like that. Um, 
but you know what what's the real meat and potatoes of this technology that can be used to really superpower some assistive technology that's out there and and so that's why we've kind of been excited to talk to you because i, I feel like you're you guys are, are one of the first um pieces of assistive technology that's really leaning into this technology and, and trying to sort of incorporate it into the app so um you know having said that i guess i'm curious to know how did this come about for you guys um why why did you decide to sort of embrace um ai into be my eyes or is this something that you've kind of been working on for a while it's it's something that we've we tried to work on a little bit but i called open ai late last year and said uh, i'd love to find a way to work together and we kind of talked back and forth and and the discussions weren't weren't especially productive and then they called me in early february and said uh hey mike can you keep a secret <laughs> and i said i hope so sure and they told us about the technology uh they asked us to play with it and they said would you like to be our launch partner and as a matter of fact in terms of the visual recognition product you'll be our exclusive launch partner so no other companies and i'm not talking about other companies that help um people who are blind and low vision i'm talking about any company um so we're the, they asked us to be the exclusive launch partner and um and i said give us a little bit of time to test it right we want to make sure this really works we want to make sure it's safe. We want to make sure it's giving accurate information. And um, we did, and we were blown away, absolutely blown away. And so I went back to them and I said, um, look, we're in, but you have to know that a huge philosophy and the foundation of our company is providing these products, tools, and services to our community for free. Are you cool with that? And they took about three seconds and they said, yep, let's go which I think um, speaks volumes about them and kind of uh, uh, how, how they view, you know, the technology's place and importance in the world and, and how it needs to be deployed. And so um, that was great. You, you, you asked a second question, Rob, which is um, kind of why, right? Like why go here? Right. Uh, um, we did an extensive survey of our, uh, the, the, the people who are blind and low vision uh, that utilize our platform about what are the barriers to usage? Like, why aren't you making calls or why aren't you making more calls or why, why haven't you signed up at all, right? And the, the top answers were, I don't wanna take a volunteer away from someone who might need them more. <laughs> Right, which speaks volumes about the humanity of our community, right? And and also that clearly we have a communications failure because with over six million volunteers, we can handle the call. So please, if you're listening, call. The volunteers want to hear from you. Um, but that was number one. The, the second barrier was I have some discomfort calling a stranger, whether it's just a volunteer or a paid agent, right? And we probed a little further and it's kind of like, Maybe I don't want someone in my house. Maybe my kitchen's messy, right? Um, maybe I just want to get some help uh, in a way where I don't feel I have to rely on someone, uh, another person. And, and that leads to the third thing that, that our community mentioned was, you know what, if I call another person, sometimes I feel like I've lost independence. And so when you take all those, those top three barriers to people making a call, it like it screams out for a product like this, right? It screams out for a piece of technology that can serve some of these basic needs 
without disrupting, you know, the daily flow of a person's life. And so um, that really underscored the need for us and made this something that that was hugely interesting in pursuit in, in terms of us pursuing it. So how closely with the, the blindness community are you working in terms of, of the beta and and what kind of res- response are you are you um, have you been getting? Yeah, I really appreciate the question. Um, we are working extremely closely with our beta testers. We talk to them every day. There is a thriving WhatsApp group of um, both praise and requests for more um, features and what's working well and what's not working well. And, um, you know, Ryan, you mentioned the, the San Francisco Lighthouse from the Blind and uh, one of our board members, who's a brilliant guy named Brian Bashan, was the head of that. And he said, Mike, if you're going to go do this, you better not launch this on <laughs> us. You better do this with us. Yeah. He's like, I am sick and tired of people <laughs> launching products for me rather than with me. Yeah. And um, that's really stuck with me. And, you know, the other thing that Brian said, and I repeat this every day to our teams, is our job and our responsibility is to help the, this community bend this technology to their needs. Right. And so... Um, every day, I, every day I have some communication with the, the beta testers and we're getting a lot of feedback and it's, it's great. The, um, your second question, Rob, was about the response. It's, it's overwhelmingly positive. I, I won't say the person's name or what it was about, but in that WhatsApp group, um, a gentleman posted a, a quick 35 second video today where he was, uh, tearing up about his ability to get, um, um, very, um, extensive descriptions of photos that he has that he's never been able to see before. And he talked about the, his ability to participate in his um, friend groups again on Instagram because he can he can like understand the, and, and get the context of the photos. And so, um, look, we got a lot to do. And, and again, I don't want to overpromise, but the initial reaction has been amazing. And I think I heard on a previous episode you did that anybody can currently join the beta program. Is that correct? Um, in theory, yes, because we've got to figure out how to police it, but we want it to be for people who are blind and low vision, Ryan. Right, but, yes. but anyone who's blind and low vision, without question. And so what we'll do as we expand the, the program is it will be kind of a first come first serve, but we will give a little bit of priority to people who are, oh, I don't know, podcasters. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, to blindness organizations, right? Who who want to test it out with their employees or their teams and things like that. So we'll give them um, a little bit of a bump in the queue, but everybody else will be first come, first serve. Well, I'm totally blind, so I fit the bill. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Can you maybe give us just a quick walkthrough on the app? Because one of the questions, and I'm sure has been a feature request, is I believe currently you have to prompt the... AI volunteer um, with a query and then follow up that same, you know, if you had a, a follow-up query, you still got to, you know, press a button and, and ask the volunteer again. Will we have like a natural speech? It's all point? voice enabled, Ryan. That oh, was the first, there's the first thing that Be My Eyes engineers built. We said, what's, what the hell is the point of launching this thing if it's cumbersome and the UI is terrible? Okay. Right. Um, and so it's a really good question. And um, I'm glad you brought it up because it's 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 completely voice enabled now, which is, you know, 
it it's, feels mandatory to me, right? Nice. Have there been challenges technologically in to to bring this technology into to be my eyes, or has it has it been pretty seamless? It, it wasn't challenging to bring it in. The, the challenging parts, as you probably know better than I, when you're designing any assistive technology, is making sure that the 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 user interface is great, right, and it's easy, and it's um, it's it's joyful and seamless, and so that will be a constant um, element of continued iteration, I would think. But but the challenges were much more on the design side, right, and making making that experience simple, rather than kind of uh, deeper technological challenges. Now, as we advance. Uh, the technology and as you import, you know, pictures from other sources or as you start to think about, well, this is really awesome. Isn't the next step going to be live video? Right. And we hope so. And that that will create a, a, probably some significant technological challenges. But um, but really, it was about wanting to the, the bigger problems were making sure that uh, it was easy to use. And, you know, it, it is really interesting that, um, you know, again, this is it's all kind of driven by human response because, you know, I can totally see, um, you know, be my eyes users, you know, thinking along those lines of, oh, you know, I don't want to bother a volunteer for this or I don't I don't necessarily want to connect with a real person. So, you know, that this the, the virtual volunteer is going to be perfect for them. Is it the same on the other side? Are you finding that do you, or do you think? Do you think that there will be people who be like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to an AI because that's creepy, and so they'll specifically go for a human volunteer? Do you sort of <clears> see, <throat> uh, like the the app really serving several different needs? I think it has to, right? But but you're you're a hunt. You, I agree with you hundred percent, right? I I don't know what the percentages are of our community that will prefer a human versus AI or vice versa, right? But I guarantee you there will be ardent supporters on either side, <laughs> right? Or on both sides. Um, but what I view as our role and the, B, the Be My Eyes responsibility is to give the community choices, right? To, to, to and, and power to serve their needs in the way that they want, right? And again, this goes back to design with the blind rather than for the blind, right? And so um, my suspicion is more a majority of people will use both, but there are people that will gravitate a little more towards one side or the other. That's what I think. But what do yeah. you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that's, that will probably most definitely be the case. I mean, I think that AI right now, people are a little bit war wary about, um, <clears throat> but really, honestly, like, for example, Spotify um, just last week rolled out this um, AI DJ, DJ they call yeah. it. And it's really incredible. What it does is, you know, it's an algorithm that it just, it, it looks at your playlists, it looks at your listening habit, habits, and it will build like sort of a radio station that is geared specifically towards you. And that's not even, that's not the amazing part. The amazing part is that there's a DJ that's completely AI driven um, that will announce the songs, like every, about every four or five songs, it will break in and tell you who that just was and who, who he's got lined up and some info facts about some of the songs. Can I get Ryan's voice as my DJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have Probably to go to soon. 11 labs and sample that. So, yeah. But it's really incredible. You can, you literally, like I would challenge anybody to listen to this thing and have any clue at all that it's, that it's not a human. So, you know, I think of, um, this technology being leveraged for things like, you know, screen readers, like, 
Can you imagine if something like Jaws uh, had a completely flawless voice um, like somebody was reading to you? I mean, that's that's a huge implication. And even, you know, the fact that this technology really, if if we push it forward, this is going to make the Internet completely accessible because any sort of graphic or image or anything, this thing, you know, the AI should be able to describe flawlessly and that that can be a real game changer for the the blind and low vision community i mean isn't that exciting though just thinking about that i mean think about what a, what a pain in the ass shopping is <laughs> for certain people right or yeah. you know the, the deliveries whatever i mean if 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 you can use your voice to go on and this is where we're going with this app right i'll, I'll telegraph it like this is you know the race is on we're going to go build try to build the world's greatest digital visual assistant for the community <laughs> to do anything. That's what we want to do. But like, just imagine that, that you can do and that power, the ability to do whatever you want to do um, that you used to have to struggle through with a screen reader, right. Or other assistive technology. And if, and if you can use your voice to solve that, I mean, it's game changing, right. It's profound. Um, and yeah. so um, it's so exciting to me, by the way, I love the Spotify feature and uh Thank you to Spotify. They are a customer of ours, and we appreciate your business, Spotify. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I've been listening to it all week. I just absolutely love it. So, um, you know, and, and I'm sure that you know AI. We're gonna we're gonna see soon. Um, it's really going to be injected into most of our day to day living. I, I, I suspect that you know soon, pretty much call centers. It'll all be AI driven. Um, you know, uh, I, I, who, who even knows, like I, you wear this, I'm sure that there's a lot of work being done now with companies trying to figure out how they can leverage te this technology to either streamline their processes or, um, you know, make it, make a better customer service experience for people. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure some, you know, some are probably looking at, uh, how can we, how can we cut our human, our human, uh, workforce, but. I think it's true on both fronts, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, someone asked me this question the other day, and I, I am by no means an AI expert, right? I mean, I'm, I try to learn a little bit each day, uh, just just enough to be dangerous at the dinner table, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the, you know, if you think about the ability of customer service, whether it's a chatbot or a, a you know a much smarter version of a chatbot, imagine that 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 bot has through the, its AI operation, operating system has ingested kind of every piece of information in the world. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but that's where this is going, right? So if you have a computer problem, it will have ingested every user manual and fix and prior customer service record of problems on the, this, the exact same type of computer issue you have and should be able to solve that with a reasonable degree of accuracy and high speed, right? And so, right. it's it's um, it's it is crazy to think about, and it will be, yeah. I think, incredibly disruptive, right? Yeah, in, in both good ways and bad, by the way. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, I think I really do think that it's going to be one of these pieces of technology that's a little bit of a game changer. Um, you know, just like say the development of smartphones were, you know, in the in the mid two thousands, um, it you know completely transformed. Um, you know, the technological landscape and, you know, for, and for, you know, better or worse, I mean, you could sort of argue uh, for both sides of that, but um, 
I see AI being that, but I also think that attitudes towards AI right now are are, gonna, are very different than say what it's going to be in even probably like two years because I think that people will get used to it. We'll we'll figure out a lot of um, uses for it, and I think people will become a lot less wary of it. That's my um, prediction, anyways, because you know you look at the, some even something like smart speakers when they first came out, people were like, "Oh, I'm creeped out. I don't want to have a." And sort of an open right. microphone in my living room all the time. And, you know, now you, you people have like four or five in their house. So, you know, it's just a matter of people sort of, you know, getting used to the technology, I think, and um, before they really, really start to embrace it. Yeah, there's, there, there, there are always a bit, you know, adoption curves, right, um, on anything. Although, like, you know better than me, there are still, there are still many members of our community that don't trust, you know, their Alexa. You know, uh, uh, you know, I went to a friend's house the other day uh, and there were a number of um, people there who were blind or low vision. And one of them came in and said, can you please turn off all your Alexas? And, you know, the, <laughs> the host was like, come on, man, give me a break. You know, um, but 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 we turned it off. Yeah. You know? Well, that's kind of one of the nice things I think you guys have done in the early stages of the beta is you've given people the choice. So if the virtual volunteer or AI volunteer you know, comes back. I think you guys have said you have about ninety. It has about a ninety-five percent accuracy rate. If if they if a user is questioning those results, they can still call a sighted volunteer as well. Exactly. So so uh, you know, our engineers have built it in so that the tool will offer that frequently uh, to the person using the service. So there are times when the tool will say. I'm 90 or 95% certain. Would you like to make sure with a volunteer mm -hmm. or, you know, or would you like to check with a volunteer? And so uh, it is a feature that we built in. And again, you know, Ryan, to the point you're making, it's got to go back to the, the person's choice, right? Of how they, they want to obtain and consume information. Yeah. So what's kind of the roadmap for this then? Um, do you, do you guys have sort of an idea of when this will be rolled out of beta? Um, and kind of what is what's next for it once you once you do? Yeah, I hope it's a couple of months, but I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because we're going to be directed, you know, directly by the community. You know, this is going to be a function really of um, safety, um, accuracy, and overall efficacy, right? And if we see high scores on all those fronts, we may accelerate deployment. But that's really going to be directed by our community. And our uh, our blind and low vision beta testers, and you know, there, there's, I'm torn on this though, Rob, right? Because, you know, I see what this is already capable of doing, and I want to get it out there for million, <laughs> millions of people, right? But by the same token, you've got to be smart, right? And I think um, some caution is appropriate, um, and prioritizing safety is a must. And again, we're we're going to be directed by by the experience, the direct experience of. Uh, our beta testers and making sure that it's working for them. But I hope in a couple of months. And that, that must be the kind of the, the real benefit of having such a large uh, beta testing community is because you can really throw so many different scenarios at this thing um, and see how it responds. Because I, I would think that dealing with something like this on paper, it might all look good, but you know, human beings, we're complicated and, you know, we can, we can throw things at something like an AI <laughs> right. where, where it's, it's, even if it misjudges you know, a certain context, it can have a, there's, there's a huge difference in, in the results. 
So, I mean, that must be a, a, like a real big learning curve for you guys because, you know, you're having all these humans really interacting with, uh, with the AI. A hundred percent. I mean, every night, you know, right before I go to sleep, I try to break it. I try to make it, you know, give me a political opinion. I try to get it to tell me it loves me or I try to, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the thing, sorry, maybe I'm oversharing now, but, um, but you know, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this thing to screw up. Right. Um, and about the worst I've seen it do is identify a product incorrectly where I took a picture of a, a, an Amazon webpage of toasters and it told me it thought they were slow cookers, mm -hmm. but literally that's the worst mistake it made. But, but like, we still don't know what we don't know, right? I can't assume that my, you know, hundreds or however many queries I've done is the full universe of possibilities of things that in theory could go wrong. And so, you know, your point's well taken, Rob, that, 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 you know, more and more data, more and more tests, gradually getting this, uh, you know, these testing group bigger and bigger is kind of where the rubber's going to meet the road. Right. In terms of that particular technology, how fast is that is that developing? Is it getting better and better literally every day? So like, are you guys having to, to kind of redevelop certain things because it's, it's just it, the, the technology is always sort of evolving and changing? It is getting better every day. We've already seen improvements in the, in the few weeks that we've played with it, you know, better prompts, better recognition, um, you know, and this is all about, you know, ingesting the data from the tests and, and tweaking the models. Right. And, and much the same as, you know, when Google launched, every time an additional search was done, the search results got better and better. This will function the same way, right? It will get smarter and smarter and, and the mistakes will, will get lower and lower over time, provided, you know, that, that the, uh, you know, the, the prompts and the instructions up front, uh, you know, are really, really well designed. Can it tell me what type of guitar I'm pointing at and what year it was made and where it was made? So I have a vintage <laughs> guitar book and it did identify one of the guitars as a Les Paul, but it did not know that it was a 1959. Right. So, um, but it did, it did identify the guitar and, uh, and, uh, and the brand. Yeah. Very cool. Man, it's amazing. I'm, well, I'm excited. I, I really am. And I'm excited to see sort of where this technology, how it gets leveraged you know, in other assistive technology. So it warrants being cautious. But then again, you know, machine learning is, again, not anything new. Like machine learning is all what this technology is based on. And we've had that for, for ages. So um, really, the new part of this is just sort of the outwardly facing stuff. It's, it's being able to really, you know, have that voice element and really sort of interface with it in, in a way that we, we haven't been able to before. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, um, it's no longer kind of some sort of, you know, unrecognizable, far off sci-fi dream. I think we're in the low single digit number of years where there's a wearable that is a remarkable digital visual assistant that becomes affordable, ubiquitous, and like awesome at inter helping interpret the world. I think yes. we're really close. You know, um, um, now whether that means two years or four or five, I don't know, but I know it's coming. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just look at, you know, the Google Glass. I mean, that, you know, they tried to roll that out. It was way ahead of its time. 
But I think you're right. Now that now you take some of these new technologies and, and combine them together, and you have a game-changing device that can really uh, make a huge impact uh, to you know millions of people around the world. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're talking to the Envision guys right now. Have you guys used that product yep. at all? Yep. What do you think about it? I use the Envision app, and I have it. I haven't used it in a while. I haven't used the glasses, so I don't. You know, I have no experience with that at all. Mm -hmm. The only yeah. real experience I have, you know, with object recognition, scene recognition, is the Seeing AI app. Really, right. that's kind of been my go-to. Right. Yeah, and I think look. By the way, the Seeing AI app was pretty good, right? I think the Envision mm -hmm. app was very good as well. Yeah. And you know, this is just kind of like a. It's like that app, you know, times twenty. Yeah. No, no offense, but by the way, the, the folks at Microsoft have been great to us. They're really supportive. We're we're probably going to be doing a number of things with them. Same thing with the Envision guys. But like, it's just, um, you know, this tech is advancing so rapidly. But it's interesting that that you have used it. Um, I have I haven't met a lot of people who have used the Envision glasses, but a lot of folks have good things to say. Yeah, but I mean, I but I think you're very right about the price point. I mean. A, the part of the problem with a lot of wearables um, in the past historically is has just been the price point is is very expensive for people um, and the the technology that has been in place for it I'll be honest it's a little bit clunky it works it works for sure um, but it's you know it's certainly hard to justify maybe like that big of a price tag for for what you're getting out of it so that's why I think that this and plus that that affordability aspect and really in terms of assistive technology generally what needs to happen in order to bring that price point down for um something for assistive technology is for it to be within the mainstream so that yeah you have that you know manufacturing you can be you know, they can be manufacturing enough of them to bring that price point down um so really that's where something like um a wearable that's that's in the mainstream that can also be used as a really powerful assistive technology tool. That's always the, you know, the sort what to shoot for. Yeah, hundred percent. And I and I do think price points will come down. And we are absolutely at Be My Eyes committed to doing everything in our power to work with governments to subsidize the costs of those those wearables companies as well. Uh, we are pretty close to a cool deployment with a company where. Um, with our kind of software and another wearable, we're going to give all of their uh, blind and low vision employees uh, a wearable for on the job, and I'm really, really excited about that. Um, not only for the for you know that company, but also for the potential longer term benefits when you think about employment, right, uh, workplace productivity, and things like that. But I I do think that you're right. The price points will come down, but at the same time. We're gonna we're gonna work hard to, to to pressure governments and and our corporate customers to kind of pay the bills here right. in the near term. You know, I think as soon as this is done, I need to open up my Be My Eyes app and <laughs> click the beta button. Get in the game. Look, look Ryan, I'm, I'll, I think I have your email already, but I, I'd love to I'd love to get you on sooner rather than later. Um, and you know, and just give your just get your opinions on it as well. I think. Um, you know, people who've given back to the community in many forms are, as I said, folks who are going to move up in the queue, and that includes the blindness organizations and yeah. people who have, you know, helped educate the community through podcasts and a number of other means. So, so we'll get you in there. Well, I'm a musician also, and I've got gear all over the floor and walls here that I need to get scanned in so ChatGPT gets smarter and can tell me what's what. So, 
So do you want to know what it wouldn't do? <laughs> you want to know what it wouldn't do for me, Ryan? Sure. What's that? It wouldn't read sheet music. Oh, interesting. Which struck me as really odd, right? Because it's yeah. linear, it's lines and black dots. I mean, yeah. it's basically math, huh. right? Hmm. Of another form. I think it'll get there, but it just yeah. surprised me that um, on this iteration, it didn't read the sheet music. It was weird. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Well, listen, Mike, we want to thank you so much for coming on, taking some time out of your day to talk to us about this. I'm really super excited. Um, we'll definitely um, be in touch. I mean, we'd love to have you back on maybe once uh, once you guys roll it out. Absolutely. Happy to do it. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, we'll, we'll do it again, guys. Yeah, Sounds thank, good. Thank Lindsay for helping coordinate this as well. Will do. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Take care. All right. Bye-bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Man, I love Be My Eyes. Uh, yeah, it's oh, such it's great. great. They we, just, they, no. we have a carbon monoxide tester on each floor of our house. Right. And there was one day I heard this beeping sound. And it's like, is that with the smoke detector? Or where's that coming from? So I, I finally, you know, located where the beep was coming from. And it was one of our carbon monoxide testers on our upper floor. And, of course, it has an LCD screen on it, so I can't read it. So I actually called a Be My Eyes volunteer to say, hey, you know, my carbon monoxide tester is beeping. Can you tell me what the screen says? And so she said, you know, whatever the screen said. And I said, okay, we need to reset it. There's three buttons on the front of it. Can you tell me which is the reset button? And she said, you know, the one on the far left. So I pressed it. You know, she was able to walk me through all that. Right. And I couldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, like I could have pressed buttons and ho hoped I hit the right one. But not being familiar with what each of the buttons did or what was on the screen, you know, I had no independence there. So they were able to help me out. So they're great. I love what they do. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it really is assistive technology done right. Um, every, every, like, even from the, the concept of it was brilliant. It's you know, finally people it, wanting to help people. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's not even that it's such great assistive technology. It's not the technology that makes it powerful. It's, it is this human connection. Yeah, it is. Um, and it really does sort of um, reinstate your your faith in humanity. Well, it's a community coming to together, working together for the better good of everyone. Yeah, it's right? great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And this technology, you know, initially when I heard about this, I, I my fear was like, well, I don't know. Is are they are they aiming to just kind of do away with that whole human um, volunteer aspect of this? And is it all just going to be an AI driven app? But I'm so I'm glad to hear that that's not at all the plan. No. It's really just it's an ad, it's adding on to the power of of the app, and making it something that's gonna everybody's gonna be comfortable with, no matter which side of the fence that you know of AI that you fall into. Well, that's just it. You know, listening to the community, not everybody is comfortable with a smart device in their home. You know, um, even though your smartphone is probably listening to you right now, if you have a smartphone. Yeah. You know, well, there you go. Exactly. You know, there's, there, you know, there's so many cameras, microphones all around us all the time, and there's a right. lot of people that are uncomfortable with that. So being yeah. able to query something on your own, you know, is great for some people, but, you know, there are others who want to talk to a person. Sure. You know, yep. the, the scary thing, and we've seen it on the news, is that there are AI tests being done where they are cloning voices. And... People are being scammed. You know, there was a, a news story where a woman was called by um, a scammer, I guess, who had somehow 
used her nephew's voice saying, Grandma, I'm at the police station. I need some money, blah, blah, blah. Can you send what? some money? Yeah, this was on really? the news a week or two ago. And they had somehow gotten this nephew's voice, whether you know, maybe it was off Facebook or TikTok or whatever, right. and used his voice, and she fell for this scam. Wow. Right? Yeah, you're so right. So there are you're deep right. fakes happening all the time with AI. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is something that's... But you know what? Any technology, you know, you're going to have people who are yes. going to try to use it for, for evil. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's... And you can't blame necessarily the technology about that. No, but no, you're no. right. Like, that's... I mean, you cer certainly stuff, stuff like deep fakes and, and fake voices and stuff like that, that is going to be a problem, I think, going forward. They're definitely going to have to build some sort of a tools that can detect all of that stuff well like you mentioned the dj on spotify like you know my wife and i listened to that after you emailed me the link the other day yeah and it's really good now if you right. listen closely enough you can tell it's not a real voice but it's pretty really? good I don't know. it's pretty I don't know. good i could tell but then i could listen you? to this i listen to synthesized sound all the time yeah, all every that's day that's true right that's true. I mean, if you listen to like some of the inflections, I think occasionally they'll get it wrong. They'll put the wrong emphasis on the on the wrong word, and it'll sound like okay, yeah, that's maybe not. But I mean, that's it. That's that's as close as I could get to. Yeah, you're it's right. You have good. to listen really closely. You do really closely. Yeah. But so, uh, but I mean, really, I mean, AI is here to stay. It, yep. It's not like it's brand new. I know that you know everybody's everybody's talking about it right now. But uh, but really, machine learning's we've been talking about this for a while, and it's been been going on. You know, Google's had machine learning and and algorithms and stuff driving yep. um, search engine results, and you know, any given program probably um, for for quite a while. So um, I just know, can't wait for smarter chatbots. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, well, go into my I've, cable I've, company, I'm type in a query. I'm convinced. Uh, call call agents, call center agents are are like you're done. Like it won't that, be long. Yeah, yeah the the completely AI driven. Which there will still be a human uh, component, maybe the second maybe? second level support or sales or whatever. Maybe. But at some point, sure. yeah, it could mm. be replaced with all the data that's being fed daily. Yeah, but actually, that's part of that I'm kind of annoyed about because I'm already annoyed <laughs> that you can't call anywhere now without getting a phone tree. Yep, and you know you can't just phone somewhere and have someone pick up. No, nope. like it's it's that's annoying in and of itself. And then if you layer onto that, well, now I've got to go through. An AI who answers the phone. Although, although, here's what I will say. If that means that I don't have to wait for 25 <laughs> minutes on hold for the bank, then maybe I am okay with, with call center AI. If they can increase uh, the, the call level volumes, wait, the wait times. If they can improve the wait times, then I'm down. Well, I'll we'll talk have to, to just I'll wait talk to Hal 9000 to <laughs> reorder we'll my credit there. card. Well, that was very cool. I would, I would love to we'll have to we'll have to dig around and see. I mean, it's something like Jaws, they must be looking at this stuff. Well, and I'm sure they are. They have, you know, a voice, not a voice assistant. Well, they, yeah, okay, it's actually called voice assistant in their utilities menu. So yeah. you, you can talk to Jaws now, and you can right. say, you know, Jaws, turn up the volume, turn down the volume. Jaws, you know, there's there's a list of commands and stuff that you can use and say. So they've looked at it, and they're looking at it. You know, they are. Uh, at some point, you know, you, well, even Dragon Naturally Speaking, right? Once it's installed and you've kind of gone through the training, you can just use your voice to open Word, close Word, save Word, open the Internet. So voice querying is nothing new. It's the contextual stuff that 
is is going to revolutionize the way we interact. Well, and I think also, I mean, especially for something like Jaws or any screen reader for that matter, if you can if you can improve that synthesized voice and make it smooth and make it like really sound like it's somebody reading to you, I would think that that's a that's a pretty big game changer too because you must be. Sick. It would be as long as you can speed it up still because a lot of people like to crank their voice up. Right, oh, that's a good point. So as that's long as a really good point. As long as it's still. Um, as long as you can still understand what it right. is saying at high rates of speed, yeah, that's a good point. Then, yeah, it would be okay. But hmm. yeah, but you know, think about it. They're they're talking about using AI for you know audio narration, right? And yeah, audiobook oh. creation. And, sure. Well, and even you know, even we talked about um, you know synthetic voice versus a human voice in terms of uh, audio description, that would be a game changer too. You know, if, if you could make, if you could have that synthetic voice sound human. Yep. Wow. Yeah, because as it stands now, we can tell right. when it's, you know, the synthesizer doing the audio narration. So yeah, if even if they were to use like the DJ Spotify voice, you know, it's getting there. It'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, it really will. So, you know, we're going to see some big changes, but I think that, you know, a lot of them are going to be really positive. Maybe we'll have to get Descriptive Video Works back on to talk about AI. And... Yeah, I mean, I am curious to know what they what they think about all of that and, um, you know, whether or not they're sort of looking at that. Yeah, another show topic. Hmm. I think I have a feeling we'll be talking about AI again very soon. Well, I reached out to uh, OpenAI to see if they'll come on the show and talk about ChatGPT, so... Oh, really? Oh, interesting. We'll, we'll see. see. If you, I don't know. I'm sure they're pretty busy right now. Yeah, you think? Got a, about a thousand, <laughs> thousand irons in the fire, I'm sure. Yep. So we'll uh, see. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us at atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com. Hey, maybe we can... Um, Maybe we can add like a fifth podcast member and make it an AI. Huh. Alfie. Alfie the AI. I wonder how you would do that. We need a bot. Yeah. I mean. Huh. I would love it. I would. I Listen, I would pay a $10 subscription fee a month to listen to Liz argue with an AI for like 45 minutes. We should take a voice sample from her. From one of our podcasts and throw it up on 11 labs have you looked at 11 labs no take a look at 11 labs sign up for okay. a free account okay and let me know what your thoughts are because we all right well we could do something with that you just phase liz right off and we don't need you liz we've got liz <laughs> we got liz bot now <laughs> it'd be interesting to have a liz ai interject some comments oh yeah Right? Yeah. Or have Liz argue with Liz AI. That'd be great. <laughs> ah, so many good ideas. Okay. You know, let's yep. see. We'll talk off mic. All righty. All right. Well, I think that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Mike for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 